Good morning, brethren. It's a great pleasure to bring you warm greetings from the Sunday School Department of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Christ the Lord Parish. Today we'll be looking at Lesson 50, the 13th day of August 2023. Congratulations to everyone for a successful 71st Annual Convention of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. We pray that the Lord will do beyond your expectations in the name of Jesus Christ. Today we'll be discussing the second part of what we started last week, Dynamics of Grace Part 2. Dynamics of Grace Part 2. You join me as we take our opening prayer. Recall to God and say, Father, please help me to serve you acceptably with reverence and godly fear throughout my life in Jesus' name. Just take a few seconds to pray that prayer for yourself. Father, please help me to serve you acceptably with reverence and godly fear throughout my life. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Beloved, before we go into today's lesson, I want to do a quick review of what we studied last Sunday. Dynamics of Grace, Part 1. Beloved, we said that grace is blessing that we receive that we do not deserve. It is grace that allows us to really enjoy the benefits of God, the blessings of serving God. For grace is the spring and the source of all benefits that we receive from God. Therefore, grace should not be taken for granted. Praise the Lord. And we also discovered that there are ways we can receive grace and we can also frustrate this grace of God. We will not frustrate the grace of God upon our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Our memory verse for today's lesson will be taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Hebrews 12, verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. May we receive grace to serve God acceptably in Jesus' name. Amen. A Bible passage will be taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 6 to 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 6 to 9. And I will read. In so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as he abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Verse 9 and the last verse. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. May we become rich through what the Lord Jesus has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, in addition to the description of grace that we gave in the previous lesson, 
Grace can also be referred to as a divine influence in a human heart that reflects on the outside. It therefore produces favor, beauty, goodwill, loveliness, and ability that people can see and relate with. This grace increases as one grows in the knowledge of God's word. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. We shall therefore be considering the various dimensions of grace mentioned in the Bible, as well as some actions that we can take with or against grace. May we not take any action against grace in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at this lesson in two outlines. Lesson outline one, we'll look at the dimension of grace. And in lesson outline two, we'll look at what we can do with grace or against grace. So lesson outline one, dimension of grace. Below that, a couple of dimensions of grace that are identified in the Bible. So I'm going to call on the Bible passages which I expect you to read. I will not be able to read them because of our time, but I will discuss the kind of grace that is discussed in those Bible passages. In Psalm 145, verse 9, and Matthew 5, verse 45, the Bible talks about common grace. This is grace that is available to all human beings, to even animals, to everything God has created. The rain falls on everybody, brother. The sun shines on everybody. I mean, everybody can have a child. I mean, a man and a woman, you know, they marry, they go, they go through the process. I mean, you don't need to be a believer to, to, to really enjoy that grace. So it is common grace. Another grace that is described in Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 9, and Titus 2, verse 11, is saving grace. This is the grace of God. The Bible says, the grace that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. This grace must not be taken for granted. We have to utilize it. It's a grace that brings salvation, a saving grace. Another grace is abundant grace. Second Corinthians 4, verse 15. Abundant grace. This is grace that provides everything for us in abundance, that allows us to enjoy you know, the fullness of God in abundance. That is abundant grace. We also see sanctifying grace in Titus 2, verse 12, and 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. Sanctifying grace, the grace of God that enables us to live a holy life, to be made pure, to be set apart for God, to be used of God, it is sanctifying grace. We also see sustaining grace in Romans 6, verse 14, and Jude 1, verses 24 and 25. Sustaining grace. This is grace that keeps us in the race, in the faith, that does not allow us to fall by the wayside. It's sustaining grace, brethren. Another grace is supernatural grace. It's also called enabling grace. It is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. 
The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That is supernatural grace, brethren. We also see in Luke 1, verse 37, the Bible says that, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So there is supernatural grace, enabling grace for us to do the impossible. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Another grace is grace for service, grace for giving. It's called service grace or gifting grace. It's found in Romans 12, verse 6 and Ephesians 4, verse 7. This is grace that allows us to render service to God selflessly, with passion, with commitment, not with eye service. We do it as unto God that allows us to give, to have a passion to help those who are needy amongst us. Another grace is sufficient grace. The grace of God is sufficient for us. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 and 1 Peter 5 verse 10. Sufficient grace. Sufficient to meet all our needs. Another kind of grace is victorious grace. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 36 and 37. It was victorious grace that enabled a little boy, David, to confront Goliath, defeat him, and kill him. It was victorious grace that made him look at Goliath and say, no, this one is a small thing for me. We need that victorious grace, brethren, to surmount all challenges in our lives. Another grace we see in the Bible is sacrificial grace. We see that in Genesis 22, verses 9 and 10, and 2 Corinthians 12, verse 15. It was sacrificial grace that made our father Abraham to willingly give his only child. It was sacrificial grace. It is sacrificial grace that we enable us to be able to give, you know, something that even is painful to us. It's difficult. That's sacrificial grace. Another grace is great grace. Acts 4, verse 33, great grace. We need great grace, brethren, to be able to do many things for God and to live our lives here on earth. Then we also need eternal grace. Eternal grace is found in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. That is a grace that is able to keep us to the very end. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So now quickly go to lesson at line two, what we can do with grace and what we can also do against grace. Brethren, what? can we do with grace? We can attract blessings, great blessings through grace. Acts 4 verse, 20, verse 23 and Psalm 84 verse 11. So grace allows us to attract blessings. Grace also impact our faith. Grace, we can impact our, grace impact, can impact our faith. Acts chapter 18, 27. Grace can make us to become God's elect. It's grace that qualifies us, that allows us to become God's elect. Romans 11, verse 5. We can become bold and courageous through grace, brethren. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. We also receive a call into the ministry by grace. We don't call ourselves. It's by grace that we are called into the ministry. Galatians 1, verse 15. And through grace, we render acceptable services to God. Beloved, we need this grace. Hebrews 12, verse 28. Through grace, we also can give the right answers to questions or to human riddles, some things that are confusing to human beings. But through the grace of God, we can give answers. 
Colossians 4, verse 6. Beloved, grace releases strength into our lives. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. Grace gives us help in time of need. Hebrews 4, verse 16. And grace brings hope into our lives. I pray that any hopeless situation will receive grace of God today in Jesus' name. Amen. We see that in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16. Beloved, what should we not do with grace? What should we not do with grace? We should not receive the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1. You know, we have grace, but we are not doing anything with it. We have received the grace of God in vain. We should not frustrate the grace of God in our lives. Galatians 2, verse 21. We should not do things that will not allow the grace of God to manifest in our lives. Like living in sin, living in pride, and all of the things that can frustrate grace in our life. we should not do them. We should not fall from grace, brethren. It's a terrible thing to fall from grace. Galatians 1, verse 6, 6 to 8, and Galatians 5, verse 4. We are enjoying grace before, then we fall, you know, we fall down. That is fall from grace. We should not fail of the grace of God upon our lives. We have been walking in grace, but now, I mean, we are failing God. There's a lot of expectation of God upon our lives, and even people who are looking unto us, and we fail to use the grace of God in our life. Hebrews 12, verse 15. We should not turn the grace of God in our life to lasciviousness, to, to begin to do things that will promote lust, you know, sexual desire. I mean, I mean, no matter how beautiful you are, it is grace of God upon your life. No matter how, you know, well-built you are as a man, it is grace of God upon your life. It's not for you to now begin to use them, you know, to cause other people to sin through lust and unholy sexual desire. Jude chapter 4 tells more about that. We should not live in sin continuously in spite of grace. Romans 6 verse 1 says, shall we continue in sin? Because there is grace, it's a terrible thing, brethren. We must not do it. And we must not, we must not reject grace through pride. James 4 verse 6. Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beloved, in summary, we can grow in grace. We can benefit from grace. But we can also offend grace. So the choice is ours. I know I've chosen to grow in grace, brethren. I have chosen to benefit from grace. And I have chosen that I will not offend grace. So what is your choice, brethren? In conclusion, every believer must aspire to grow in grace. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Because it is a dangerous thing to abuse the grace of God in our lives, despite all of his benefits that we have talked about today. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So in closing, you will join me as we take our closing prayer. Say, Almighty Father, please let my life reflect your grace always. Lord, just take a few seconds, brother, and pray that prayer. Lord, you are my Father. Please let my life reflect your grace always. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Thank you for listening. Beloved, grow in grace and let your life reflect the grace of God always in Jesus' name. God bless you. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening.